I realized there, were, there was not enough of this information of this, of this type of book or this type of self-help being spread amongst, you know, the younger generation. And essentially the first goal for me was just to kind of share it to more people so that there was more awareness of, you know, the impact that reading books that are self-help orientated could have on people. And then upon, you know, reading these books, I also then started to really investigate entrepreneurs, especially the six, six successful ones. And it was only upon researching and really reading biographies or looking into interviews that I noticed that they were very, they were very much similar in the fact that they, they weren't the triumphant stories, which were kind of plastered across the internet or the newspapers or TVs. But in fact, they were kind of filled with tragedies and obstacles. And this is the next generation education. We're talking to top entrepreneurs, thought leaders, international disruptors, while focusing on lifelong learning and how education can and needs to adapt in our modern world. You're listening to Start Ed Up. Here's your host, Don Wetrick. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Started Up podcast brought to you by the Education Podcast Network. Today, we have on entrepreneur Leonard Sikianda. Leonard is the founder of MyComeUp.com, which is an online community for entrepreneurs built with entrepreneurs in mind. And the exciting part about this is, is that one, I love it to have kind of an international um, perspective. Leonard is from the UK. Actually, when we recorded this, he was on a trip to Dubai because he is constantly doing things. And in this podcast, we kind of get into the entrepreneur's mindset, some of the things that his community is working on, also some of the trends he has seen come and go. But most importantly, we get into how some of these entrepreneurs adapt, some of the services they're providing to provide support, provide insight, and in some cases provide just being a good person to give feedback from. And it's those reasons where I really enjoyed the community. I've already signed up. And even after the show, Leonard is really interested in helping out a lot of young entrepreneurs. So I've said this once, I've said it again, the people that are on this podcast that said they're willing to talk, take them up on it. And Leonard is one of those guys that got back with me immediately, even in the midst of him traveling. Um, so he is a guy that you definitely want to know. So whether you're a parent and you're encouraging your son or daughter to look into entrepreneurialism or you're a student yourself or you're in your 40s and 50s looking to reinvent your career as possibly being an entrepreneur, this is a great episode. Lastly, we'd love to hear back from you. If you go to our Facebook page to continue the conversation, facebook.com slash start it up. We'd love to hear from you there. And also just you sharing the podcast has meant so much to us as far as growth and finding great new guests. We always are up for some suggestions on who to have on next. All right. I hope you enjoy this one. Without further ado, Leonard Sikianda. All right, joining us now from Dubai is Leonard Sikianda. Leonard, thanks so much for being on. Hey, Don, how are you? Man, I'm excited. So I know that we've talked in the past, and I love what you guys do. So we're going to kick it right off with um, what did you start there with my come up and, and give me the whole story, how you guys started and what you guys do. Yes, um, well, first and foremost, my Come Up Today is an um, online network that connects entrepreneurs and startups with entrepreneurial skills and investment opportunities. Um, the platform itself initially started as a blog. When we first started this platform, uh, 2009, I'd say, around that area, era, um, I think there, there was a very biased view of what being an entrepreneur was. And I think it was pretty obvious that 
people kind of affiliated entrepreneurship with a suit and tie and the element of almost an entrepreneur somewhat being corporate slash um, magnified this picture of, you know, how glorious it is once you get there. And for someone like me who had started with very much, you know, minimal resources, I, I dropped out of college when I was 16. And from my experience at the time, being a dropout was not the cool thing to do. So, you know, I realized there was an, a real element of emotional um, support that I needed upon, you know, pursuing my, my, my endeavor of, you know, taking and walking away from the educational route and going into starting my own business, um, which was not something I started instantly, but even just making that small shift out of education, I needed to kind of be inspired. And um, what that led me to do is reading a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which was the first motivational slash self-help book that I read, which really drove my ambition levels to a level I never thought I, I, I would... I, I, I never thought I'd see or, or believed in within myself. And it was upon reading, you know, that book, essentially, um, which kind of gave the birthmark of my come up because I realized there, were, there was not enough of this information of this, of this type of book or this type of self-help being spread amongst, you know, the younger generation. And essentially the first goal for me was just to kind of share it to more people so that there was more awareness of, you know, the impact of that reading books that are self-help orientated could have on people. And then upon, you know, reading these books, I also then started to really investigate entrepreneurs, especially the six, six successful ones. And it was only upon researching and really reading biographies or looking into interviews that I noticed that they were very, they were very much similar in the fact that they, they weren't the triumphant stories which were kind of plastered across the internet or the newspapers or TVs. But in fact, they were kind of filled with tragedies and obstacles. And, you know, really hearing these entrepreneurial stories really made me feel like, if people understood that these entrepreneurs or successful figures were just like them and had gone through triumph, you know, and, and upsets and let's down, let downs, they could um, too, you know, fulfill their goals and dreams. So putting that on the forefront of sharing a platform, which essentially shares self-help and then also entrepreneurial stories that people really aspire and really hearing the struggles and not just glorifying the outcome, but also looking at the journey, we managed to create a blog, which realistically speaking was the first of its kind within the internet. And, uh, because of that really shifted, I, I, I feel till, till today, the way in which a, a whole generation of people thought, um, especially being early adopters of YouTube and, and, and using that to market the, pl the platform, creating words of wisdoms of some of the top entrepreneurs, which today have, you know, millions of views on YouTube. Um, and at the same time, we were the first to kind of really be a platform that encouraged people and said, no, you can do it. It doesn't matter if you're from, you know, a slum or you've had, you know, neglect in your life or, you know, come from a really bad scenario. We, we were the first platform to pioneer and stand behind entrepreneurs. And because of that today, we've been able to have, you know, a relationship, which I think like, you know, relationships like this that come into place, which kind of in good karma comes back in our favor. Yeah, let me, let me, man, unpack a lot of things you just said. One, you're probably the fourth or maybe fifth guest that either on air or off has said Robert Kiyosaki uh, gave, gave you kind of an awakening. So I, I actually, I got to get him on the show. I literally, it's, it's almost kind of been, he's like been the new age. Yeah, think of Rich, Napoleon Hill. It, like you're, you're, you know, it seems like Robert Kiyosaki is the new age, uh, you know, um, that book. The thing that I also hear you say and I love is it started from a blog and it has developed from there. 
um, that you just kind of happened organically. And, and again, when was this blog written? What year? This book was 2009. 2009 and then you go all the way to now and and you like you said you have this ecosystem where people can you know kind of test the waters bounce things off of one another um in your last four or five years and you guys have had like really explosive growth recently what has been the key ingredient to making it a community and not just a place where you have a list of demands or you know hey look at me kind of posts yes um I think the key has definitely been staying naive um, because from the, from the get-go, going into this space was, was foreign to myself. I mean, I have no tech experience. Um, I didn't know how to code. But I just felt that as long as we have a community that understands that we're doing it for the good, they will grow with us. And I think keeping you know, consistent with our goal and allowing our users to see our, our, our development and our come-up has been essential to kind of creating a community which um, has seen that we're trying to improve the service along the way. So I think one of the key things for us has definitely been making sure that we, you know, commit, um, what well, I commit, especially as, as the business owner, to consistently improving what we're doing, no matter whether I'm experienced in doing it myself or not, and constantly bringing new people into the team that have different ideas and perspectives, but keeping the same root of the business and the goal um, has always been uh, a big factor for the platform and making sure that you know ultimately when you get there you know this is a company that is trying to help people um and that's the message we want i mean whether that's going to be later on through books through production or tv whether that's going to be through events you know it, it can spiral into any into any of those angles but the ultimate goal is that when people see the word my come up they see it as a trusted brand that's that is here to support and encourage entrepreneurs millennials and and anyone that has a vision or an idea that doesn't really you know have the people or support system around them to fulfill that. Yeah. So obviously I'm sure people are listening to this and you're like, they're thinking he probably started somewhere in Great Britain based on the accent. Um, when did you, <laughs> when did you guys start to see um, like global expansion? I mean, obviously you guys started there in the UK. When did you, uh, how fast was it before you guys started seeing people from the United States and other regions? Well, it's quite interesting because when we first started the blog, it was more of a passion project. So I, I had my first business when I was 19 and it was in a completely different industry. Um, my business initially was uh, within first the real estate market, which was my first job upon um, dropping out of college, um, which then through um, sheer um, opportunity and you know personal development, I managed. Yeah. So through self-help and personal development, um, I went into this industry, you know, in the middle of a recession, um, property that being, where there was a scarce amount of properties being either repossessed or people were very much in hysteric as to what they were going to do. And I went into the market space very hungry, very motivated from books such as Robert Kawasaki, Books Grow Rich. And that essentially led me to being in a position where I was able to go into the market space with a real, you know, even though the market around me was shattering, with a real inner confidence, which helped me to discover, you know, the whole process of how doing real estate was. And I was focused more on the, on the rental side. So instead of going into sales, which was my initial plan, I managed to secure myself position by little grit because I had been rejected quite a few times um, into a place where I managed to um, work primarily as a lettings agent. And when I was working there, I went in with, you know, such enthusiasm. I remember the first day I walked in there and I was kind of, you know, guns blazing, ready to go into the property market. And 
I said to one of the co-workers, hey, what, what does it take to, to lease or rent one of these properties? And he, you know, really <laughs> knocked my confidence down by saying, listen, kid, you know, properties sell themselves. There's nothing that people do to, to enhance or, or push that. And it kind of made me realize, you know, that people, especially when it comes to business, they tend to inherit the, the atmosphere instead of creating it. So I just carried on pursuing, you know, reading these books and then putting it into practice by kind of learning the process of getting properties on, you know, renting them, finding the landlords, doing the contracts. So I, I learned the whole process. And then somehow I also found a loophole because I realized that there was, um, you know, because the landlords were so scared to pretty much, you know, sell their properties. I, I saw that as, a, as, a, as an opportunity to kind of get them to lease their properties. And what I en ended up doing in the end was getting properties that were, you know, essentially being rented for six to 12 months. Um, I managed to convince the actual landlords to lease them for, for between two to three years. And the benefit of that is that I actually got a larger commission because of that, because instead of me getting a commission for 12 months of a contract, so I'll get between, you know, two to three years of a contract. And that's almost if not a bit more than a sales uh, sales deal. So I managed to break the records at a very young age in the company um, through sheer, you know, just tenacity and, and ambition. And within that, you know, I found myself in a space where I beat all the records and I wanted to get a promotion. I was 19. But because of, because of my age, they were, I was very much restricted into, um, you know, being told that I can't do it because of my age. And I, I made a, a fake offer. I told them that I had been um, offered a job elsewhere. And then upon you know them hearing that they gave me the pay rise, but they didn't decide to to fulfill some of the things they said they were going to do, and that led me to kind of leaving at twenty um, and starting my own real estate company. So my first actual step into the business world was in property, um, and at nineteen left there, went into property, started my own one, and you know just through like I said, I'm very. Um, um, driven when it comes to you know doing something but I also get bored very quickly so I try to innovate as much as possible and, and, I, and I realized that a lot of the books were telling me that you have to surround yourself with who you want to become and be in the places whether or not you can afford or you know I think you may have heard the, the saying Don it's act as if I'm sure you've heard of that right yeah oh yeah so no what I what I love is I mean you, you've you've now you know crossed over so many different areas and you're creating your own scarcity. Uh, you're surrounding yourself. And actually, I mean, heck, you, with my come up, you're, you're developing an ecosystem with people that are ambitious and wanting to be entrepreneurial. Um, like what, and just that you, you were going into earlier about all the different things that you do, whether it's events and everything else, like go across the spectrum of, of what, you know, my come up does other than just have a, a, you know, social site where you can talk about things. Yeah. So we have a society where we where we invite entrepreneurs. We try to do them every, in different states as well, where we do meetups and we kind of discuss people's goals, uh, breaking, you know, looking at fear, looking at the emotional elements of entrepreneurship. Um, we also do mentorship programs for younger kids. Um, well, I have a, a few younger entrepreneurs that I mentor. Um, we have a content that we go and produce as well. So we, we travel around the world interviewing entrepreneurs. We have a, a new series coming live um this coming year in January. So we have a series of entrepreneurs which have basically resonated over the past, you know, six or twelve months and 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 hit, use the internet to really build buzz. So I think because of the, the the way in which the internet has impacted the world, we have been trying to make sure that we're also showing the new entrepreneurs that are that are manifesting through 
this whole new technology that's out here. So we have things like that. Um, and we definitely intend on going into publishing and, um, you know, just making sure that we, we're creating not only, you know, the information that's required for entrepreneurs, especially as a starter pack, but then also going into the element of helping them raise capital with the investment debt service, which we have going live next year as well, which will basically help entrepreneurs to create investment decks for their ideas. And then it will automatically connect them with angel investors and VCs um, for one-to-one -one dialogue. So if a VC sees your deck and they like it, they're able to schedule a call on the platform and um, you know, initiate a conversation. What is the most common um, genre you see uh, with people on your on your site? I mean, like what kind of entrepreneurs are you seeing? Are you seeing social media influencers? Are you seeing people in real estate? Are you seeing, you know, drop shipping, you know, that kind of retail kind of thing? Or, or uh, what else? What is the biggest trend? The biggest trend I think right now is, has to be social entrepreneurs. Um, you're getting a lot of entrepreneurs that are kind of working with a DIY mentality, that being entrepreneurs that set up businesses on Instagram and uh, YouTube and sell directly to consumer. And I think that that has been a very um, big increase of our users, especially from a younger generation, because a lot of these guys are starting at 16 to 17. And it's a lot more simpler because they have to have a PayPal account and Instagram, and they're pretty much good to go as long as they've got a following. So I've noticed a real rise in, in, in social entrepreneurs being part of our platform. Um, aside from that, we definitely get a lot of um, creatives, designers, freelancers that are working for themselves um, within the platform. Um, but I think that what's also been quite interesting is seeing the finance people come to the platform. And I think that it's quite interesting because the finance, the people that worked in finance or the users that were in finance initially used to kind of put themselves down as investors. But I've seen quite a few um, you know, users that are in finance calling themselves entrepreneurs. And I'm assuming that's because they're about to make a jump of some sort um, to the world of, of, of business. So yeah, we have, we have uh, an array, but the social entrepreneurs are definitely on the rise. You know, I, I read a lot and listen to a lot from some of the, you know, more out there media personalities about entrepreneurship. And obviously Gary is probably the most outspoken about uh, the entrepreneur that isn't. And, and sometimes when I hear the influencer or, or what you're talking about on this, on the social side, and you kind of alluded to it, if, if you have an instant, you know, if you have a decent sized Instagram and a mission, then it's, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. Um, not in my words, but in sometimes Gary's fake entrepreneurship is also on the rise. How are you trying to mentor people uh, like, <laughs> I know it's a better way to say it, from taking it seriously than I've got a big Instagram following. Yes, that's a great point. I think the reason we're seeing an increase first foremost of the quote-unquote um, glamorized fake entrepreneur is because there's a lack, there's an easy access to tools which enable people to title themselves first and foremost. Um, and there is also a lack of information to support ideas to grow. And I think the solution we've created that might come up is really to kind of support entrepreneurs that have social followings. Let's say, for example, you have a supply and demand market space and, you know, you're actually selling products. And the difference between someone that sells products and somebody that's a social entrepreneur is that someone that has, uh, you know, uh, sells, sells products, has traction and has numbers. And we feel that if we're able to take somebody that has a product and is using the social space to actually generate revenue, if we could help them to actually have the facilities to break the, that business down into a business deck to kind of show the scalability of it, 
we then give them the ability to not only increase, increase the chances of them raising capital for that business, but we also help them to learn a lot more about their business and what they should be thinking about moving forward. Because I think what's happening here is that the message of what starting a business is, has kind of shifted. You know, initially it was either, you know, we all dream of IPOing one day, we all dream of an, a big acquisition deal um, or selling completely. But I think now a lot of entrepreneurs, especially the younger, more social entrepreneurs, are kind of more content with revenue generation, which is a great thing, but it's kind of limiting them. And the problem with, with that is that the market space is open to you know new users every single day. And that's creating a, a competition within that style of business, which if you're not thinking of how to scale, um, you will be forgotten at some point. Those are all good points. I, I just see sometimes trends come and go and um, it always, <laughs> and then sometimes it's in, in the, the realm of the social media side, but like, my gosh, uh, what was that? The, the late two, I should say like the, the mid two thousands where everybody was going to flip a house. And I know the, <laughs> this was also your realm as well. You know, all of a sudden, just because you saw something on HGTV, then, you know, the big crash came when everybody realized that not everybody can do it. Not everybody's cut out to do it. Um, along those same lines, I, I've had some pushback from some people because I'm really trying to get more students to at least think like an entrepreneur. And I had a couple of people push back and say, you know, hey, you keep pushing this entrepreneurialism agenda. And what I've always said is like, not everybody should be an entrepreneur. It's a scary road. It's a depressing road at times. But I think that everybody should learn to think like one. Um, what from from the the ecosystem that you've created? What is like one of the most dominant characteristics, uh, and and I almost want to say kind of like a, a thought process of the average entrepreneur you've met. The average entrepreneur I've met. I, I think what's happened more, um, and it's, it's to some extent, it's it's more of a weakness than, than ever. As I think that people have become very comfortable with just learning, um, and are very quick to looking for advice or mentors, should I say. And I think the common thing that I've noticed uh, a lot of the time with entrepreneurs, even within our platform, is the, the lack of action. Um, and one of the things I encourage entrepreneurs is to, 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 to get started. You know, um, People are very open to talking about their ideas and what they want to do and how they want to do things and you know their plans for the future. But very rarely do you see a lot of entrepreneurs these days actually registering or starting the, the idea they, they have in mind. And I think that's a problem which, um, you know, universally is occurring because people aren't, people are so, you know, there's so much information now that people are trying to, to create the perfect product, but never starting it. Um, so the, that, that has been an increase. But for me, I definitely try to encourage users when I speak to them, because we have a chat room as well. So when I speak to them on our chat, uh, chat service, I encourage users to start. That's the first thing, because I like to, to advise from a place of actuality as opposed to, um, you know, ideas. Yeah, because, theory. Yeah. Uh, getting into that analysis paralysis and never getting out of that. Yeah. Exactly. So, no, go ahead. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a big problem. That's, that's definitely occurring, especially, like you said, a lot of entrepreneurs watch Gary, Gary Vinichka. Um, and, you know, they see that as business. Uh, watching that as part of their, is part of their, their business model. But, um, you know, not realizing that they need to actually do as opposed to just watch. And yeah, talking about how, well, I, it, it's also kind of funny because he's been pretty outspoken about that. If people hashtag hustle, hashtag grind, and um, 
you know, when you don't see output, it's not hustle and grind. Staying busy for the sake of staying busy isn't really necessarily productive. So I, I definitely see that too. And on the flip side, I mean, a lot of times um, the students that we have, the mindset that we're trying to have them embrace is them being responsible for them. Um, you know, the most of the successful entrepreneurs I know, they are extreme in the sense that they own everything. Like, even a, a bad market condition, they wouldn't say that it was the bad market condition. It's their fault. That's something they didn't think of. And I, I think that that's something that um, we're always striving to do. I think we, especially here in the States, sometimes we have this victim's mentality of it's never my fault. It's somebody else's. And uh, that is a mindset that I, I think is really, 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 really needed, um, both in young entrepreneurs and students as well. Um, so that being said, on your site, um, how, you know, like you said, you guys are starting to do like personal meetups and, and kind of like online coaching a bit. Um, how do you manage that? And, and actually, let me, let me start with, tell people like your active users now. It's pretty outstanding. Like when you get personal service, when something is like 20 users, that's one thing. How are you guys handling the, 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 the service and, and making sure your community is, is happy with you at the numbers you're at? So it's very heavy. Um, yeah, so right now we have a, a 120,000 users plus, so give and take a couple hundred. Um, and handling the user base, I think the thing with, I think one of my, should I say my um, secrets is that I'm constantly ahead of what the, of what the plat where the platform is. At any given time where we, we already have the new version or the new update, you know, months before it's coming to us. So we are very conscious that the, the process of improvement, especially for a user and all these technologies that are training us to get used to updates, is that a user wants to constantly see value and improvement on the platform. And what we tend to do to make sure we're doing that is constantly evaluate the user experience and find you know, new ways to incorporate this information within the technology as well. So for example, on the new update we have, which is gonna be going uh, live next month, we now have um, um, a vision board service, which is on the platform, a service feature, which helps users to set goals and put their vision boards on there and it helps it connect by calendar. We also have a new uh, feature, which introduces users every Monday and Thursday with seven other users that meet their interests and uh, are looking for similar things. So we're constantly evolving and making sure we add, you know, uh, features which we feel are gonna increase connectivity and also push both entrepreneurial uh, skill sets and possibilities of raising capital because I think that's a real thing as well. That's a real problem that we've seen with users. The, the ability for you know the, the entrepreneurial world to connect with the finance world is such a big you know divide. And I was just fortunate enough to have you know a few friends that work in finance, and that's how I was able to be able to learn how to have an investment deck and create things like that. So bringing that now forward to entrepreneurs at an early stage, I think, would be a very very good benefit for our users, and, and they'll see real value with that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah, access to great people alone is one thing, but then having access to people that are in that genre and, and being able to find funding, that's, that's everything. So I'm, I'm assuming that's one of the big, I don't want to say selling points, but it's one of the big benefits to my come up. Yes. Yes, that's correct. Uh, now I will say this and I hate to point this out. Like my come up is kind of a uniquely um, European saying, 
So how has the branding worked on the United States, um, getting them acquainted with that? Well, other than other, other than Macklemore using here, my come up is kind of a, a, a British thing. Uh, how have you acclimated in getting to know uh, American audiences? So it's interesting you say that. We, we Our biggest traction initially has come from America. Um, and the really? Yeah, I love, cause okay. Because the, the first entrepreneurs that were uh, adapting what we were sharing on our blog, were American entrepreneurs, and I'm talking the likes of P. Diddy, talking the likes of uh, Russell Simmons, who yeah, people have gone through things. Um, we're talking about the likes of uh, Richard Branson as well from the UK. So a lot of Americans um, really co-signed what our messaging was about very early. And the word the come up is very, I'd say it's quite colloquial in the, I'd say the hip hop skate, skate, skate space, because the terminology really is kind of um, connecting and, and telling the story of, of our journeys in, in a sentence because people that are, you know, in the position where they have ideas and, you know, it's not there right now, but it's going to be, tend to say that they're on the come up. Um, so Americans, you see a lot more than the UK. It, it's interesting, if I reverse the question, it's explaining the, the, the word might come up to people from Europe, which is more challenging than it does in America because it's not a term that's really used out here. See, I, I, that is awesome. Well, first of all, in a hundred and some episodes, you're the first person to use the term colloquialism. So as a former English teacher, you get bonus points for that. But no, I, I, I see that now. Because I, I, when I first heard it, it definitely was from the rap sector. And I just assumed that because you guys had named yourself that and you guys were UK based, I'm like, oh, maybe that was a rap reference, maybe from the UK first. Maybe Lady Sovereign dropped it first. I don't know. Um, so that that is interesting. That it was more of a United States colloquialism. Um, no, it's interesting. And, and now you were you're name dropping a little bit, which I, I love. You had some early on endorsers going, hey, I see what you're doing over there. How much did that play into your growth or or did it? It played a lot into our growth. Um, but I think the smartest thing for us is that we we were a brand that, we were celebrating successful people. Um, and in return, um, they were able to acknowledge us, acknowledging them, and then in, in turn, yeah. uh, they lost free promotions. Okay, and so to I flip the script, yeah, who was your first come up? Like, who was like the first person that goes, oh my, like, you turn to your partners and you're like, dude, we just got props from, who was that yeah. first? I say the biggest, the first was a guy called Swiss Beats, and he's a producer. Um, he basically produced for Rough Riders and he now works with Jay-Z and, you know, he's married to Alicia Keys. So he was one of the first known ones in the music scene, should I say, that kind of really co-signed us on Twitter and things like that. But the biggest had to be Diddy because when Diddy um, um, sent him, he didn't only retweet what we created, the article we created, but he said thank you to us that brought our site pretty much to a halt because <laughs> the traffic that he brought over was so phenomenal. Um, and getting that at such a, at, at a time where we were kind of blind to what, where this was going, because it was one, it was a passion project, but initially it was kind of like, by the time we started to take it serious, we were just hoping that people got it because, you know, sometimes in life you do things and, you know, it's only a few people that are in the room at the time. And you're not aware of how impactful and powerful the internet can actually be. So getting the cosign for someone like Diddy was like, you know, it completely shifted the whole business. And I, it really got a lot of other celebrities looking at our platform. And it also got us a high level of traffic from America. 
Yeah, I can imagine that uh, <laughs> that carries a lot of weight for sure. Um, yeah, it's, I think that's also kind of funny that the term is kind of a rap term and the first person that really helped you endorse it was from that sector. Um, yeah. So now, go ahead. And I said, yeah, that's correct. Okay. Now, so moving forward, like what are some of the big plans you guys have, um, you know, pushing you guys like to the 1 million subscriber kind of count? What, what do you guys have planned? Um, so we have, a, we have a number of things uh, set up for the new year. So as I mentioned, the first thing we have going live um, next month is some of our new features, which basically to some extent is, is quite a new redesign to the platform, um, which increases connectivity first and foremost it helps users that identify what they're looking for and we connect them based on you know whether we're looking for founders or partners whether we're looking for um funding we work on that on that data metrics to kind of connect you every week to new people um, we also have new tools that are going to help users to kind of you know map out the thought process of you know what they're trying to achieve while giving them startup resources within their own personal dashboard. So we have really thought about how to really give a nice package for the user based on all of this information and research. The third thing is definitely going to be our um, the third thing is definitely going to be our investment deck service, which um, is going to be going live as well. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and that's really going to really I think ultimately it's going to help users to to start to look at their business from an investor's eyes. Because so so often as business owners, even I can be, you know, I could say this even on my behalf, we, we, we're so passionate about our businesses that we don't know how to explain them in a raw way, um, which kind of just identifies, is it making money? Is it not? How much do you need? How will you spend the money? Who are your competitors? Who's in the team? And just having that clear format of, of what your business is and you, so that you can pass it to somebody without having to explain it um, is what I think we're, we're, we're hoping to achieve. And then obviously bringing it, bringing it forth to angel investors, which is also a new thing because I think angel investors don't understand that there are businesses that, you know, they, they need 10,000. Some businesses need 4,000. Some businesses, you know, not, not everybody needs a million, you know. So really kind of conditioning angel investors to seeing that there are diamonds inside of our platform is going to be a very big uh, thing for us as well. So we're going to be kind of heavily going to universities and, you know, getting some of the entrepreneurs that are celebrities that we have relationships with now to kind of also be part of our campaign on, Kind of at least reviewing some decks live within the platform and giving feedback to our users. So we'll, we'll have a lot of initiatives like that in place. That's awesome. So lastly, and, and I'm thinking through the eyes of, of somebody that's new and like I am, I, I subscribed last week. What are some of the things that a new user should look for uh, to start immediately taking advantage? I mean, because it can be a little intimidating. I mean, this is a, this is a large um, populist group. So let's just say that a 17 year old young entrepreneur pops in there, your advice to him to really get in and to discover and, and have a rich experience with my come up is what? My advice is to create the profile um, and share your story. It doesn't matter if you, if it doesn't sound glamorous, if it doesn't sound, you know, like, um, you know, you own a Forbes company, put where you are and what your goals are on your story. Then also what I definitely advise is to get onto the self-help content page. It will just get you understanding the way in which, and the reason, I mean, the soul of what the business is based around has always been around our content and the self-help and the motivation. So it will also, you know, getting, getting on there and then, you know, understanding why people are here in the first place. The next thing I would definitely do is to go onto the network page and add as many people that meet your interests as possible. And then upon getting those acceptances, just start dialogue, send a message, speak to people. But the real thing here is just making sure that 
you're not only actively learning, but you're actively connecting um, within the platform. It's very, you know, I think the, the community is very, um, I mean, some people come there just for content, some people come for, you know, for, for networking purposes, um, and some people just come to see what the latest thing within the platform is. To get what they want um, in their own time if they, if they understand the reason why everyone's there. That's awesome. No, I, these are the practical things that I really appreciate. And, and my gosh, I, my personal students and a lot of young entrepreneurs I know, they just want so desperately to learn from people that are seasoned. And I like the fact that you said, you know, don't embellish. Don't, you know, you don't have to have a multi-million. And I, and I, I could see even some like wanting to fight that temptation to seem a little bit cooler, but just being humble, going there and saying, I want to learn. I want to, you know, want to network with people and see, you know, what I can find from this community. And I think that's, that's why I love what you guys do. And I love the community itself. Thank you very much, bro. All right. Well, Leonard, thank you for that really, really good practical advice. I, I want to, um, once again, I want you to go over everything of where people should go, where they can follow you personally. Um, and then, you know, what they can do right now to get going on, uh, my come up. Yes. So first and foremost, I'm a, I'm I'm always on my come up. So if you if you create a profile, mycomeup.com, um, you can just search my name, Leonard Sekiondo, and find my profile. Send me a message. Send me a chat. Um, I'm also available on Instagram, uh, Leonard, uh, which is at Leonard Sekiondo. Um, I'm available. I've also got a YouTube uh, blog that I also do, which kind of just shares my my perspective on YouTube. If you search my name, which is Leonard Sekiondo. Um, and ultimately, yeah, I'm, I'm available everywhere if you Google me. <laughs> but um, I think being part of the community right now is, 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 is a great time to be part of it. We have put a lot of time, a lot of effort. We have worked with all of the research and feedback over this past, you know, seven years to making sure that we're going to have a product which we know is going to stand behind entrepreneurs at any level. Entrepreneurs that are thinking about starting, entrepreneurs that have started, or entrepreneurs that have, you know, had that are successful and thinking about what to do next. We want to be a platform that encourages and pushes that forward because I feel like the future is the thinkers, but it's just important that we start and we have action and we support each other because, you know, it's all about perspective. You're one move or one person away from, you know, becoming whoever you want to become. Um, and I think that that's what our platform is embody that support, that, that, that real push and bringing it, you know, as worldwide as possible. Yeah, actually, I, we didn't really get into that, uh, the YouTube side very much, but you guys have some really robust videos, very interactive, um, love what you do there as well. Uh, Leonard, and again, it, take his advice. If you just Google his name, pops right up. Although your the name of your your last name is a little bit tricky, it's Leonard Sekionda, S E K Y O N D A. So make sure you check that out. And again, guys, if you're listening to the show, when we have guests that are this active and this willing to um, reach out, take advantage of it. Leonard is the real deal. I, I can't thank him enough on you know how fast. Uh, this was a mutual friend. And again, I, this is the reason why I love the podcast. A lot of times former guests say, hey, you know, yeah, talk to this guy next. And Leonard, uh, man, I appreciate your willingness to share your story. And I'm hoping a lot of people reach out to you and um, just keep growing and helping empower those entrepreneurs. Thank you for having me, Don. And I think what you're doing is incredible. I think it's a fight that is worth it because um, people may not see it right now, because you know they're in the system, but I think essentially that people are going to really come to, to understanding what your what your agenda is, and I think it's it's needed because you know we are all the next thinkers, but someone has to be the bearer of you know of the discussion, 
while it's happening. And I think you're doing that, Don, by just pushing. You know, I think it's not about, and I think one thing I'm going to say just on that subject is that the only thing that I see within the curriculum, which, which, uh, which may be kind of steering entrepreneurs off at times, is that it teaches people to, um, to start something and finish it, which is great. But then it also teaches people to grade things and in grading, there is a pass and there is a fail. But in entrepreneurship, what you have to be open to is failing because there are so much less, there's so many lessons in failing. And I think those that, you know, really want to take it serious have to be open to the idea of failing. And that comes from starting. So what you're doing, Don, I think is amazing and bringing this word and, you know, I'm from the UK and bringing this kind of information around is, is phenomenal. I thank you for saying that. I wish my students were sitting here right now and they're probably listening to this, but yes, you're right. And most of them would agree when they look back on their first and second attempts at things, they were so glad that it didn't work out because the didn't work out led to much bigger visions. It led to a lot more understanding of humility and compassion. It led to like everybody here knows that if you succeed on your first try, it's, it's a, it's a death sentence. It's being a one hit wonder. And uh, it's, it's guys like you that always get it. Like, you know, you're excited about that first pivot. And when everybody else is going, Oh, it didn't work out. You don't quit. You pivot, you move on. And, um, Gosh, I, I'm so, 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 so glad that you wrapped up the podcast with that because I think that's the thought that we can leave with for sure um, is having that mindset. Uh, again, Leonard, thank you so much for being on my show and uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll circle back here in the very near future. Definitely, Don. Thank you for having me, Don, and we'll stay in communication. We'd love to hear your feedback. Leave your comments, questions, and suggest show topics at startedupinnovation.com. Follow us on Twitter at Let's Start Ed Up and Facebook.com slash Start Ed Up. We're back next week with a new episode. 